Welcome to the Hope College Athletics Orange and Blue Podcast. My name is Alan Babbitt. I'm the Sports Information Director here at Hope College. Uh, it's been fun this uh, school year and this semester chatting with our Hope College coaches and getting their insights and in, uh, into their seasons and certainly in a school year unlike any other that we've all experienced. But uh, I'm glad to see some competition going. And uh, next up is the Hope College men's and women's tennis teams. Uh, which we'll hope to get going this weekend, weather permitting, um, and get their season underway. Uh, with us today is uh, head coach uh, Bob Kaywood. I, I, welcome to the podcast, Bob. Yeah, thank you very much, Alan. I'm happy to be on. Uh, take me through. It's been a long time. I mean, I think we're maybe three weeks short of a year since you guys had, I think, the first weekend in March that both the men and women you know, were action and in playing and, and excited about the upcoming uh outdoor season in the spring and then obviously everything got um you know shut down and and life as we knew it was you know turned upside down um you know you, you we were hopefully we we're going to play this past weekend for the women but that match got postponed and weather so they got to wait another weekend but when you finally are able to step back on the court what will it mean to you and, and your student athletes to just be able to play tennis again it, it, it'll mean a lot. I think the, the, the thing that we've been stressing more and more with the team is just understanding, uh, it, it put things in perspective big time. So what that, like being able to compete, that's, that's what we're here to do. And for us not to, to have the season cut short, it really puts things in perspective, especially with D3 athletics, what it means to put on a Hope uniform or just to be able to compete in general. And for us to have this last Friday get canceled, it was it was definitely a, a learning lesson for them to understand even that much more of what a, what a privilege it is to be able to still play the sport at a college level. Um, but no, we're 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 looking forward to it. How have you both for the both of the men and women? How have you been preparing for the, for this season? Obviously, everything's different in terms of practice and the school year and everything. I mean, normally you guys would have played in the fall and, and gotten an opportunity to just get some competition in and then, you know, gear up uh, after a little break for, you know, in, in really late January, February. What, what have you guys done and, and how have you been preparing? I mean, I think, again, it kind of goes back to just putting things in perspective. Uh, we have continually stressed even just to practice in the fall, what a privilege that was. Um, so in terms of what have we been doing to get to, to, get to this moment, it, it has just been, been able to understand that we're still going to work hard. We're still going to enjoy the process. I think that's going to be one of the biggest and most important things. Um, but not being able to compete in the fall definitely was extremely tough. Uh, not being able to host a hope in or the ITA, but it, we were still able to make practices fun in the fall. As for the spring, it's a little bit easier just because as we're preparing for um, our matches, this wouldn't be a whole lot different. The only difference is the number of non-conference matches that we have. Um, and then even, even when things got shut down in the spring, uh, both teams, the women's team a little bit more than the men's team, but the women's team a lot more, I should say. We were on Zoom calls about four times a week. And, and so, you know, we stay together uh, pretty much the entire time of our uh, allotted season. Um, and then after that, it, we still stay connected throughout the summer. So 
allowing for us to continually put that perspective in our in our, the back of our minds of recognizing that it's a privilege to be able to play this sport. It, did you have to try to schedule like is it individuals um, you know get a pairing together that and then you're able to coach because obviously you got to watch how many people are together at one time what, what was that yeah. like um, to, to, to make that happen to still give that instruction uh, that they want and that you want to give. Thank, thankfully, uh, our sport uh, is probably one of the more uh, socially distanced sport. And so it, it honestly has not changed a whole lot in terms of uh, the coach, like way, the way that I have to coach. We don't have any more in terms of one-on-ones or things like that any more than we've had in years past. The only difference is the way that we um, clean up and the way that we uh, have to uh, pick up the balls and things like that. I, I try to limit the number of balls that we use in a practice as well. Um, but outside of that, the, you know, it definitely, we've had a couple instances where it's like, Hey, no high fives, so you racket taps. And again, thankfully we have a, uh, a physical touch that still is socially distanced. That's not a high five, but it, you know, we've, we've been able to make do with, with certain situations like that. But uh, thankfully we've, because our team is small enough, number one and number two, we're a socially distanced sport. We haven't really had to modify too much in terms of what we've had to do in practices. I know big part for our teams at Hope and uh, the women's, men's and women's tennis teams included is just that connection as a team and that uh, bond, the bonds that are built. Obviously a little different now, just in terms of, yeah, some of those adjustments you talk about with uh, communication. What has been your approach to try to, to build that, that team aspect of it when you're you know, having to maybe meet virtually as a group and, and, and that and not maybe do some of the things together that you normally would have, would have done by now? I, I, I know I've said this already and I will continue yeah. to say it in, in terms of putting things in perspective. Uh, at, the, at the grand scheme of things, we're healthy. Uh, we were still able to even be around each other. And so for us to be able to practice and still spend two hours a day with each other face to face, even if it is distanced and with a mask and things like that, it still allows for us to, to do things that are close. We just had our goals meeting uh, this last week. And I mean, we stayed for another hour after practice and we were all distanced on the tennis court, uh, like 10 feet apart. And we are having open conversations and becoming vulnerable and doing the things that we need to do to become a closer team. The hardest part has been more of the team activities outside and we've, we've tried to come up with a couple different options and thankfully uh, the resources that we have here at Hope have allowed for that um, in terms of like team study tables where we have separate rooms for multiple people. So it's not as many people, but we're still being in the same room and just having that human interaction of like being able to have a normal conversation with a human being is again, that's why I think we've done a great job of being able to uh, kind of bring it back down to the core of what it means to be a good person and to be a human being versus a tennis player or a student or anything like that. Uh, your assistant coaches here, Nate Price has a long, you know, history with uh, of coaching here at Hope and with the DeWitt Tennis Center. Just talk about uh, Nate and uh, what he's brought to you guys. 
It, it, he's been an amazing addition. Uh, I loved our assistant coach previous. He was a, a great asset, but Nate is there full time. And so being able to have uh, and feel completely comfortable when we have dual practices where men and women are practicing at the same time and to have him not only just, I mean, he's run the teams multiple times. He's been the head coach. And so as he likes to say, the two-time former head coach for the, for the women's team. And so he has, he has the, the capability of being able to run any practice at any time. So it definitely alleviates a lot of stress from myself of if I need to focus a little bit more on the men's team, because we might have a match that week and I might have to have him run a women's practice and I'll have somewhat of a game plan for him, but he'll have, he'll be able to adjust if a player has to go to class or if a player is coming from class. And, and so I think for the most part, I mean, it's, it's been awesome and it's, it's great to have a, a not only just a, a coworker, but a friend be able to kind of work with him and, and try to do the best that we can for the programs. Well, let's get to know these flying Dutch and flying Dutchman a little bit more. We'll start on the women's side. You know, one of the hardest things, obviously, from last season, uh, you lost and you have to adjust to, I mean, uh, two of the all-time greats in the history and the rich history of the women's tennis program uh, were uh, Amanda Vandrowski and Claire Halleck, both top five in terms of all-time wins and, and, and such. And uh, so we missed that chance to see them to compete for a full season last time. But you have some talented players coming back as well. How is this year's Flying Dutch roster shaping up? Uh, it's, it's it, having, having the loss of those two players, including Liz Panuski. I mean, those were all three lineup players as, I mean, it's, it's tough to be able to fill. Thankfully we've had a deep enough roster, uh, to be able to kind of, we'll still be successful on the court. Um, it, but definitely the returners of Leah Newhoff and, uh, and Sydney Jackson, those two are going to still push at the top of the lineup. They were a very, very, very good doubles team last year at two doubles. They had some big wins against Carnegie. I mean, close, almost a win against Carnegie Mellon, beat Chicago. They've had some solid, solid wins, and it put us in position against some of these nationally ranked teams. And so I think that they've had now a year to develop as a team, and now hopefully then this year they can be even more successful in terms of their movements and their communication. Um, Bailey Chorney, is, she's uh, our lone senior captain and she is uh, she's going to have to have a different role on this team in terms of working her way up in the lineup um, and in turn more in terms of singles she's had a lot of success in doubles she's played all three different positions in doubles one two and three doubles and so it, it'll be a, a fun ride for her and like I keep saying it uh, hopefully we can just get one match that's the whole goal um, and then we've had a newcomers Incoming freshmen this year have been Angela Burke, who's from Holland Christian, and then uh, Annika Weber, who is from Grand Rapids Christian. And so having both those additions, like it, it's going to be helpful. I think Annika's looking more for the starting six and then being able to kind of just, again, we have a deep enough team uh, that if at any given day, like our even our nine singles could be able to compete at six singles like well. And so knowing the fact that we have a deep enough team to compete is great. Uh, and then uh, your preparations for the league, obviously you guys have been on a tremendous run with the league championship and that's a goal this year. Once, once we get uh, obviously matches and going a very uh, 
I know you've tried with a really good, I think, non-league schedule for the women. Talk about that and how your approach to that uh, and how you think that'll help this team prepare as you make a run, you know, at repeating as league champ. It'll be, it'll be different this year, um, but I'm hoping that in years past, we've been able to increase the number of like D3 national opponents uh, non-conference and that helps to prepare us. This year is a little bit different. So we've been able to add a fair state on the schedule. Um, we've had Davenport in the past, uh, but we're trying to increase the number of, and we might even add one or two more D2 schools just to kind of put ourselves in a position to play against better, like good, great competition and hopefully get ourselves in preparation for the conference season. And in terms of the conference, I mean, it, it will continually stress this way. Hopefully we'll do the best that we can. And if it ends up being first, that is awesome. Um, but our goal is to just focus one match at a time and make sure that we're taking care of business with the matches that are put in front of us. Um, last year on the men's side, um, you know, you had a very young team, a couple of seniors and Alex Baradin and Danny Cruz um, that were both uh, contributors for it, but uh, a very young team. How is this year's roster and what do you hope to accomplish with that heading into a lot of them there year two? This is uh, one of the craziest stats out there. I think uh, we have uh, a team on the men's side that has not, not a single player has finished a year of college athletics. And so it, it's kind of a very, um, it's a bunch of blank pages right now. And so our goal is to just, the, the hope was last year because of how young our team was that we were just gonna continually grow. And the conference season was gonna be kind of that culmination point just because from a wins and losses standpoint, I mean, both the men's and the women's team were not the strongest. And, and I, I remember saying that last year too. And, but I, I, from my standpoint as a coach, I couldn't, I want us to grow in the non-conference and we played great teams last year. And, and I had to have a couple conversations with the guys on the team where it's just like, you know, finishing, I think we were like one and nine or one and eight. And it was a conversation where, guys feel like, yeah, it's, it's tough losing. I'm like, yeah, but it's constant growth. In the MIAA schedule, like we will, all that is purposeful. So then in the MIAA schedule, we will be prepared for those matches and ho hopefully be able to push a Kalamazoo as, as far as we can. So this year it's again, same kind of concept and and hopefully hopefully the guys, and I, I personally think that they're they're buying into the system that much more. Uh, a couple of the guys we've been able to kind of, uh, we did our team goals meeting again, and it was, it was a very, very um, helpful one because I think everybody's on board with trying to do the best that we can. Got a standout. Uh, he's a sophomore. We got, I mean, two, two sophomores at one and two and uh, Jacob Burkett and Camp Coates. And both of those guys will be successful up at the top. And then, working our way down where we just have potentially all top six who will be playing our returners from last year. And it, it just puts ourselves in a better position just because I think it, same, same thing on the women as the women's side, we're a deep enough team that I can put, plug in a couple extra players if I need to and at five, five or six singles and be able to kind of, again, do the best that we can. And having that strong top of the lineup, very similar to the women's side, I, th I think that definitely helps. 
What is the biggest adjustment to college tennis that a player coming from the, the prep ranks has to make? Say that again. Sorry. Oh, uh, no. What, what is the biggest adjustment that a, a player coming to play at college tennis has to make? So when they're going from the high school to college, what, what is it? Is it a speed, a pace of play, creativity? What all makes college tennis, you know, a, a, a challenge for a, a player learning and getting their foothold? It's, it's a combination of two things. I mean, uh, consistent, I mean, it's a whole, whole slew of things now that I think about it, but it, I mean, consistency, not missing and then pace for sure. Uh, I think, I mean, currently on our women's side, I think we have five, one singles players from high school. And I think three of them aren't even playing in our top six. And so I, I also think it's this aspect of they're like, everybody's good. And so it's this aspect, it's more of a mental thing where it's like, well, in high school, I was this good. Or in high school, I was one singles and did all this. It's like, well, welcome to college tennis where literally everybody's a one singles player or, or something along those lines. And, and I think there, that's one, it's the mental jump is more recognizing that there's a lot of really, really good tennis players out there. And, and the whole goal is to, again, prepare ourselves the best that we can and, and see what happens when we actually play. Now you're not, you yourself are not too far removed uh, from being a, a tennis player yourself and a, you know, exceptional one here at hope. This is your fourth season as head coach, but, uh, Back in the day, uh, you know, you were, uh, you know, 104 singles uh, wins uh, or and doubles win combined, 56 and 12 as a singles player and 48 and 28 as a doubles player. Your fourth most uh, singles wins by a fine Flying Dutchman player also were an MIAA Allen B. Stowe Sportsmanship Award winner in, in 2012. When you look back on your time, you know, playing tennis at Hope, what, what, is, what does it mean to you? this is like my way of giving back. I always say, because, you know, I definitely appreciated my coach here at Hope, Steve Gorno. He was, uh, he's a role model still for me. He's been a mentor. He's an amazing human being. And he taught me a lot of things that I have not been able to read in a textbook. And so for me to be able to kind of have a, a philosophy from that, philosophy from playing in year do one, having Nate, having all these different people in my life to be able to kind of put me in this moment. It's my opportunity to give back to these kids and be, I mean, I, I'm not that far removed, but it's, it definitely is one of those aspects where being able to kind of help these young men and women be able to kind of go into the working world and the real world and be able to be somewhat prepared for it and be the best human being that they can be. And that's ultimately my goal. I, again, cannot stress how much I appreciated my coach here to shape me to be the person I am helped, helped with that. But it's, it, it, you know, that's exactly what my hope is to be able to do for the players on the men's and women's team. For you, where did that love of tennis start? And, and what is it about this game that obviously you have a lifelong passion for as a coach, uh, as a player. And I know you, uh, you know, taught up, you were director of tennis up in uh, the Grand Traverse, you know, Spawn Resort. What is it about this game that, you know, grabbed Bob K. Wood and hasn't let go? It, it's more, it's more of, uh, 
I started playing and my parents got me into it. And then, you know, I've definitely gone through my waves of enjoyment of it. Just, I feel like if anybody does anything at a high level, um, but it, 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 there's something about this sport where the problem solving that you have translates and same thing with all other sports. Like I've played other sports growing up as well, but there's something about tennis in terms of like uh, your problem solving skills of being able to understand and split second decisions of how, how to handle certain things and where to go and what, where to go with the ball and strategy and things like that. And, you know, it's a frustrating sport. Uh, they, they, you know, Andre Agassi in his book talks about it being you're on an island and you're on a stranded island by yourself and you have to be able to, you have to be able to problem solve all by yourself. Thankfully, I, you know, that's, that's more of like USTA and pro tennis and thankfully college tennis, you can at least have another person, your coach be there. And, you know, the whole goal of it is to, to have the players be prepared enough to be able to do the best that they can do so then when we're on court it's a little bit more relaxed and i provide a little bit more of a relaxed energy as well as nate does to be able to say hey you know exactly what to do now and it's just making sure that we keep the mind at a calm state to be able to compete the best that we can but it, it's a, it, it really is a, a a wave of a sport i'll be completely honest i uh I, I love it and it, it can have its frustrating days as well, but it's, it, that's a, another reason why is having a coach who understands that this is not an easy sport. And I know that there are other sports that are uh, very difficult as well, but tennis, you're by yourself, you're on an Island and it is nice to have a coach to be able to be there with you on that Island. <laughs> Did you, as far as coaching the game and, and, and continuing that after you finished playing, you were at, you know, played a year at uh, Detroit Mercy as well during uh, grad school. When did you realize, hey, you know what, I want to get back to the game and, and be a coach? Was it, was it from watching? Obviously, obviously you were impacted in, by Coach Gornall and, and others, but when did you say, hey, you know what, I, I, I want to coach? So my, my educational background here at Hope was in the, in the educational field. And so after, after finishing grad school and understanding that aspect of, okay, what do I want to do? Um, coaching, I get to be around kids. I get to working at the DeWitt Tennis Center or in Chicago or up at the resort. I've had, I've had the opportunity to work with kids aged like seven all the way through college. And I've worked with adults as well, but I think for the most part, being able to work with kids is something that I'm very extremely passionate about. And a sport like tennis is a great medium to be able to not only just teach them how to play a sport and develop a skill, but kind of be able to pass on a little bit of the things that Gorno has been able to push in and instill in me in terms of, and my dad, and a couple other people in my life who have been able to kind of be good role models for me. So I, hopefully I can be a good role model for them to be able to improve a skill and be a better person at the end of the day. You mentioned Duet Tennis Center and obviously the, the program here is nationally known, uh, led by George Capistani. Um, talk about your role with Duet Tennis Center and, you know, what do you do and what's it, what's it been like to be a part of that team that is, Obviously, a lot of people love to come and receive instruction, uh, you know, at the DeWitt Tennis Center. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's it's a very unique job. 
that I have because having the opportunity to have two different hats, well, it ends up being three hats with three, with two teams, but having two hats with being a head coach for two teams or in being a tennis pro, it, it's, it actually has its benefits uh, where being able to impact the community in a different way is, is how the way that I like to think about it. You have kids uh, very similar to what I was just mentioning. You have kids who are wanting to develop a skill and it's important for myself and the other coaches at the tennis center who give private lessons or group lessons or whatever it may be. It allows for us to be able to impact the community in a positive, healthy way that if you want to, like I said, we get we get a whole diff bunch of different characters If you know, kids of all different walks of life and being able to kind of say, again, I'm here to help you learn a skill and hopefully teach you a couple other things as well. Well, good. Thank you, uh, Bob. It's been a pleasure to spend some time with you and uh, we wish you the best uh, here uh, this season, both with the uh, Flying Dutch and the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, I appreciate it, Alan, and I, I wish the best for, for all teams and all, everybody during this time. It's, it's a crazy, crazy time, and I think it's important, like I mentioned earlier, to keep things in perspective, and even the fact that we are healthy enough to be able to compete is, is a huge win for us. Wow.